Welcome to the MS Dev Show, episode number 188. This is an episode in our special series recorded live from the Podcast Central at Build. We bring you the best guests for some of the best announcements. Raygun gives you complete visibility on errors, crashes, and performance problems affecting your end users. Replicate issues in seconds rather than digging through log files or having to rely on users to report errors or crashes. Raygun gives you a window into how users are really experiencing your software applications. Check it out today at raygun.com. We're here with Jill Campbell, Group Program Manager working on the Windows Engineering System, and Ed Thompson, Program Manager on Visual Studio Team Services. How's it going, guys? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on. And uh, Build is just an awesome time. I think this is the, this is definitely one of my favorite events of the year. Absolutely. And uh, we're just getting started. Right and I now. just walk around and like it's like it's like a family coming back together, <laughs> you know, because like I I know like so many people as I'm walking around. And then uh, one of the things that I noticed that I want to point out is thought was really cool is like I walked over the TypeScript booth and Anders was over there manning like the TypeScript All booth. All by himself. <laughs> yeah. Like nobody was talking to him. No, there was there was there was like one person <laughs> talking to him and I'm like doesn't anybody know who this guy is? Like, <laughs> he invented it. <laughs> and that wasn't the first thing he invented. So um, that's why I think Build is such a cool event, though. Like, every, you know, we were over by the IoT booths and, like, mm-hmm. Chapalo and Arjuman over. Like, they're the, yeah. they are the PMs for, like, IoT Edge. All the people that we saw on stage in the keynotes, like, we just saw Donovan Brown. So such a cool event. So anyway, let's, let's get into it because we wanted to uh, talk about VSTS and uh, how that was used by some of the groups within uh, within Microsoft and specifically around uh, Windows, which I think is a really cool story. So, Jill, I was kind of hoping you could walk us through a little bit of history. Like, you know, where, where were you kind of years ago? Like, what led up to this journey? Yeah, and I'll hand it to Ed to talk about you know, why we're making the switch we're making, because it's part of a broader company effort. Um, But, you know, it's it's interesting. So the group I'm in, Windows and Devices Group, which is um, came together as part of two different reorgs. Mm -hmm. And as all good things do, when it came together, it had the collision of systems, where we had all manner of unique snowflake flowers that people had built for their own custom purposes. Because we had Xbox, which had their own engineering system. We had Store, which had their own engineering system. We had Windows, which had its own engineering system, phone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And so we started in this really fragmented place with all manner of different tools. So we had teams on their own on-prem TFS server. We had teams building their, literally their own stuff that they ran on a box under their desk, because of course we did. And it just had a really fractured environment. And so when uh, the VSTS group, Ed's group, came in and wanted to unify and simplify and you know, create more cohesion company-wide, I, we were one of the first to get in line to adopt some of these new solutions. Yeah, that's what Jill says is true, not just within WDG, but across the entire company, because, you know, WDG is just a microcosm of that. The office team did their own thing. They had their own version control system. They had their own work item tracking system. VSTS, of course, built VSTS and tried to sell it to consumers. Um, And so it was weird to, to have this project that we were working on, Visual Studio Team Services, 
that wasn't being used within the company. It was wild. Um, yeah, good luck selling it to customers <laughs> when you're not using it yourself, right? Right, right. Yeah, we want to eat our own dog food. Why Why were we... We had this mismatch. And so it was very... It was an interesting time, you know? When I joined the company 10 years ago, everybody used whatever they wanted. And that's fine. I think that you should be empowered to make your own good decisions. But at the same time, we should be building tools that we want to use for ourselves. Absolutely. So what, what happened that made you know, this time period, the right time period to kind of start centralizing, you know, on VSTS. And maybe we should say, like, when is that time period, yeah, too? Or, like, or when is that time? <laughs> oh, it's still, it's still going on, right? Microsoft is such a big company that you can't just turn it overnight. Um, and I don't, I don't remember when we started this project. It's called One Engineering System mm-hmm. um, for One Microsoft. Uh, so, I mean, I guess you can kind of guess when it started. I, it, it was <laughs> roughly the, the, the time Sacha took over as, as CEO, but I don't remember exactly. Um, but the, the goal was to unify the way we built products at Microsoft and work better together. So we've got some inner sourcing sort of uh, things going on. Like when I started at Microsoft, I couldn't see the Windows source code um, by, by no means. Now I can open a pull request. It's it, It's crazy. Right? I mean, it'll get rejected because I don't... <laughs> no, nobody wants me monkeying in the operating system. Ed, no bad news. I assure yeah. you. You're not allowed to have your kids do check-ins. <laughs> <laughs> but I could do it in theory. And so it's, uh, it, it, it's a big culture shift that we've undergone. And I'm, I'm really happy to see it because when I started at Microsoft... I came from a, a more open source sort of background, so I was I was a little nervous when I joined Microsoft and I saw how we were very siloed and very segmented. The, 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 the teams didn't work together as well as they could, and now it's night and day. It's interesting, too, because like I'm just thinking back to like my college days whenever... I was kind of learning about like corporations and some of the advantages and the advantage is like you have scale and you have like common systems, right? Like you have a common HR department. Like if every single team had like their own HR department, you know, like it would just be like, you may as well be a whole bunch of different companies. So it's kind of interesting that that was the case. And now it it seems like in hindsight, it's sort of obvious that that this, this happened. Um, So, so Jill, I'm kind of curious then, you know, where you're at today, like what, what are some of the things that you use VSTS for? Uh, so we, as I mentioned, we were kind of first in line, <laughs> among first in line to get on board to the VSTS stuff. And I think, as Ed mentioned, like, you really can pinpoint this to five years ago in Sacha, right? Like, you really can pinpoint it to the larger cultural transformation we've been trying to go through. Um, and so when we started in a fractured place, we have slowly and steadily been moving to get to a complete and slightly customized VSTS experience. And so we do all of our work item tracking in VSTS. We do all of our source in VSTS. We do many segments of our um, build and deploy through something we call package ES that sits alongside VSTS. And we sit and we do uh, many of our deployments through it. So we try and use every aspect of the system and in different measures. Okay. That's very cool. So, you know, you know one thing I just want to maybe like set the the scale here for some of our listeners like how big is the windows and device group like how many engineers or people using vsts are we talking about because i've worked at places where we had five developers total in the entire company and you know we we had we we're using a system and you know i've been at places that's a hundred and a thousand like how many you know how many people are really using this you know what kind of scale does it get up to? So uh, it's big. Uh, we, <laughs> we have than a, five? Yeah, we, 
couple. Uh, we have a couple different ways we talk about it. Um, we have 33,000 people across the company who have access to the account. And that is because we are ground zero for a lot of the interconnected tissue that happens across the company. Mm-hmm. We have 22,000 employees as part of WDG, as part of Windows and Devices Group. And so those are like first class, the folks that use it every day. We have 11,000 engineers mm-hmm. who use that system. And so you can see the numbers become quite large. So how does that compare to like other like entire companies this is just a division (laughs) (laughs) so we do joke about this a lot internally is that we are bigger as a like the number of employees in wdg is bigger than salesforce's employee base is bigger Mm -hmm. than adobe and is quite a few twitters (laughs) so (laughs) we like to use that as a way of grounding ourselves in like the challenge twitter is a skill (laughs) (laughs) how many twitters is your company we're we're a stack of twitters (laughs) and we you know we try to use it and i know in all of our you know vsts is such a deep partner of ours like in all of our talks with them we try and ground ourselves and like look the challenges are just different when you are managing multiple companies worth of people in one account yeah. versus you know some of the poor Ed right like the VSTS team has to scale from teams that are much like the one you mentioned five folks working agile throwing mm-hmm. things out every day through to WDG which is shipping every day every week every month every year every quarter um, and has 11,000 people all hammering it at the exact same time every day mm-hmm. um, and so it's just a really interesting challenge and I think it's for us been really cool to see how extensible and scalable VSTS has been to the vast majority of the things we needed to do. Well, of course it wasn't. <laughs> it didn't start out that way. It's, I wish it was like an overnight thing where we just walked in and said, BSTS is going to work for, for y'all. Um, so th- thank you for helping us get there because uh, it didn't scale on day one, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. We like to think of ourselves as uh, you know, lead, lead dog in a hunt for scalability. I love it. <laughs> and then how big is Windows now? Uh, so I know we talked about the team, but the, the actual like, code Windows. Is, so Windows is 500 gigs of source code <laughs> and 6,000 repos. Wow. That's just like the like the current state. There's like backlog and history and yes, stuff that too. is that is that is the current state. That is what you check out <laughs> to build it. Yes, fortunately, it's smaller when I install it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, which sort of leads me into that next thing because I I've heard you know like obviously. You know, you don't have every person on the team saying, hey, I need to get a two terabyte SSD just so I can work on Windows. <laughs> well, they probably try. Um, so, like, how did you get around that fact that, you know, the, just the hard drive size limitations? And actually, that might be actually be a question yeah. for Ed, right? I guess. It, yeah. So uh, there, there's a couple of interesting things there. Um, the first one is, yeah, you, you obviously want a fast hard drive to be able to, to work on this project. So an SSD, and when you've got 500 gigs of, of source and tests and, and resources that you need uh, to build it, that's a problem, um, both for your, the size of your hard drive, but also for the size of your Git repository. Cause, um, so I, I don't know if you hang out on the Git homepage very often. It's actually <laughs> something that I kind of do because my background's version control. But uh, somewhere on the Git homepage is a quote that says that it was made to handle large repositories from day one because it was built yeah. to handle the Linux kernel. 
Uh, the Linux kernel, <laughs> not so big when it comes to uh, to, to Microsoft-scale repositories, yeah. right? Um, it's about uh, 650 megabytes checked out, and the, it, that's its source and its tests and all that. Yeah. Uh, that's a far cry from 500 gigs, yeah. right? So we actually had to... Um, the Windows team and the VSTS team together had to make a lot of changes to Git to make it scale. Yeah. So the the VSTS team did a lot of work on Git itself, making it scale to you know basically breaking down the 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 way it worked and, and upping the performance on a lot of edge cases. And the Windows team came up with this really clever virtualization technology. So. Between the VSTS team and the Windows team, we built this thing called GVFS. Mm-hmm. It's the Git virtual file system. And it means that you don't have to have all that source on your machine. It'll just get downloaded on demand from VSTS as you need it. It's, have you seen the new OneDrive feature where OneDrive, it looks the like you've got... Yeah. yeah, it looks like you've got all the files locally. <laughs> yep, yep. Everybody and loves and when feature. you double-click it, yeah. So it's the same thing for version control. Okay, uh, That's what GVFS is. In fact, it's the exact same technology. I think the OneDrive team was like, hey, that's a great idea. We're going to borrow that. <laughs> um, so like more one Microsoft coming together. It's, it's, it's really amazing. Um, but, you know, if you're working on Notepad, you don't need the device drivers for a SCSI card that only okay, is supported. Yeah, so right. so it, that's how the the engineering team can really scale. Yeah, well, in GVFS, like, that's not even, like, a necessarily... I mean, I know it was created by Microsoft, but, like, everybody can use it, right? Yeah, it's an open source project yeah, now. Exactly. Uh, GitHub has announced that they're going to support it. Yep. Uh, Bitbucket has, a, has an extension in the marketplace for it. So, yeah. Okay, very cool. Um, so... How many devices do you test with in your test lab? <laughs> so we have a massive amount of devices that we use. And so when we talk about test, we, for our automated lab tests in one day, we use 2,500 desktop PCs, 250 HoloLenses, about 46 IoT devices, about 350 Xboxes, and about 1,200 virtual machines. And so for one day of automated lab testing, that is the scale of hardware. And, and these all have different configurations, I'm imagining. Mm-hmm. And, and that probably just only scratches the surface on what's out in the real yeah. world, too. So, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, a fun thing we like to talk about with that um, is there's this uh, formula that uh, my boss had put together, which is... There are 8.5 million unique device configurations out in the world running Windows. There's 21.2 million unique apps out in the world that Mm -hmm. run on Windows. And so put N in that equation. And no matter what N is, it equates to more than the number of atoms in the known universe. (laughs) And so we end up in this place where we need even more scale than just the automated lab, lab testing can provide. You know, that's just blowing my mind, just like how many combinations there are. Yeah. So, well, and, and it makes the case for like, I mean, you have to test it like in the real world. Like there's, yeah. there's literally no way around it. Yeah. I mean, uh, on a previous episode, we were talking about unit testing. And, and, and to me, you know, this is, you know, like, there, there gets to be a point where eventually you have to let your, your users be the testers. Yeah. And, but you have to have some sort of safety net too. So, I mean, obviously this is a fraction. Like how much... Do you know how much, like, you know, 
portion of combinations that you you try to support as a goal and when you decide that cutoff is good enough versus the investment? You know, it, it tends to cluster. And so what we try to do is for any release, support the major cluster units, which can be anywhere between 10 and 500. Um, and so, and then what we rely on is our insider community mm-hmm. to help us find clusters we don't know about, clusters we haven't seen, clusters that are popping in a new release that we hadn't known. So how, how do the insiders get you, you get that information back from them? So we send out, as you know, are, are you guys insiders? I am. Uh-huh, nice. I have Ninja Cat merch for you. <laughs> uh, so we have uh, quests we send out. Mm-hmm. And then the insiders send back, you know, quest feedback, problem reports, bugs. And that all goes into our behemoth work item management system in VSTS. And so we end up in a place where we have 1.6 million quests that the insiders have completed. And all that data funnels through our VSTS account and into tasks and deliverables and our taxonomy millions that uh, get ends up on some developers' desks. And 500,000 bugs that we have fixed that have come from the insiders through that same channel. So like when I go into the feedback hub and I say, there's, there's a problem with this feature here. Yeah. Here's a screenshot. And then that eventually gets into VSTS. Yep. It's assigned to a developer. And it becomes part of his either assigned to me query <laughs> or part of his dashboard or part of his uh, to-do list workflow, mm-hmm. like however he manages that. You need a catchy song like how a be- bill becomes a law. <laughs> <laughs> how a bug becomes a feature. Yeah, how a bug becomes a, you know, how a bug gets fixed or something through the insider program. That is pretty cool though. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't realize like the, just the, insane scale yeah. of what's going on there yeah. and how that flows through and affects like this massive, it's just, I can't even wrap my head around these numbers and how everything flows through there. It's really, it's truly like, I mean, it's, it's really, I it just, it's mind boggling. Raygun provides full stack error, crash and performance monitoring for tech teams. Whether you're a software engineer looking to diagnose and resolve issues with greater speed and accuracy, a product manager drowning in bug reports, or you're just concerned you're losing customers to poor quality online experiences. Raygun can provide you with the answers. Get full stack error and performance monitoring in one place. The next time you're struggling to replicate errors and performance issues in your code base, think Raygun. Head over to raygun.com. Get up and running within minutes and dramatically improve the online experiences of your users. So, you know, I'm kind of curious then, because I know, you know, you're on the Windows team and, and Ed, you're on the VSTS team. So like, how do you guys work together? Like, what, what did that look like? I mean, obviously, you know, from a certain perspective, you're sort of like a customer of VSTS. Yeah. Like, did, did you have, like, you know, people that were in charge of, like, talking to each other and figuring this out? Or, <laughs> like, you know, like, how, how did that work? How does that work? <laughs> you know, that's a good question. I, I, so I think that um, we make them go to user voice and fill No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, I, actually, uh, I actually don't know. I, I haven't been I, so much in the formal negotiations of these things. Yeah, I can help. So we have... Okay. There is, um, so VSTS is part of a larger group, developer division. Developer division has a group of folks called the 1ES team. And, you know, the one engineering system team that Ed Ed talked about earlier. So the 1ES team uh, creates 
kind of a couple key ways that the groups come together and work together. They offer, I used to, I used to joke that they were my account manager, which is completely unfair. <laughs> they were lovely. <laughs> and that's not quite the right metaphor, but they would have dedicated folks who worked with each of the teams. Cause of course, this is a cross Microsoft effort. So it's not just windows, like office has their own scale issues. Azure has their own issues. Like every team has their own custom soup that they want supported. Um, and so there's a team in, in the dev div division that it's called the 1ES team that goes out, meets with people like, I actually have a meeting in two weeks to go through and give an update on how's the relationship going. Okay. Um, and one of the things we always use those meetings for is, what are the challenges? What are the things that have been going great? Like, what are the things we're real happy with that have made really good progress? And then usually, like, one or two things that are on the horizon for us. So as we're embarking on a new release, you know, we're in the process of building another set of extensions. It's a super extensible platform, and we've really taken advantage of that. Um, and so we want to share some of those back with 1ES. So we're going to bring them as part of our next planning process and say, we think these would be helpful to the product as a whole. How would you like us to work together? And what's been great for us is the 1ES team. Like, that's their mission. They're like, come on in. Like, whatever we can do. Like, there's an integrity of the product that is important, and they're the stewards of that. And then there's all this opportunity adjacent to that where we can all work together to kind of create um, a better system that we can all participate in. Yeah, so does that 1ES team, do they sit outside of your groups? Or... Are, is it is it is it like a virtual group that has members from multiple teams? I it's 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 both. So it okay. is a team of folks <laughs> in DevDiv, and then they have a group of like a an orbit of okay. of folks from. So every it's almost like dotted team. lines. Sort of. mm-hmm. Okay. And but, so, so they, like so they have a they have a core team in in their group. Okay, and then there's basically like dotted lines. Yeah. So like there's okay. you know my so my boss who's the VP of the whole engineering system. Um, he is a part of the one ES. I, I'm sure they don't call them a council, but, you yeah. know, the what ES overlords, <laughs> whatever they are. Yeah. Um, he's part of that. And then people like myself and my peer are like the delegates that work kind of on the ground to figure out, like, what are the key, uh, you know, key areas where we all need to keep improving and key areas where we've made great progress and we want to be doing things like talking about it at Build, you know. So those are kind of the two different ways. That's interesting. I don't so I don't have that perspective of the of the One ES Council, but I do get like random emails from people who are like, "Hey, so I know you built this tool a long time ago. It's broken at the Windows scale. Yeah, can you help <laughs> us fix it?" And it's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, that's really cool." So I know that the engineers just kind of yeah just kind of drop emails back and forth quite a bit. Right. Um, yeah. that's what, so it's basically a bug, right? Like, yes. hey. This feature works great unless you're us. <laughs> unless you have 500 gigabytes of, <laughs> yeah. of data in your Git repository. And it's like, oh, yeah. Did you run out of RAM? Yeah. Oh, we did want run out of RAM. Yeah, I would have guessed that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's great, though. I mean, because it's, it's one of those things where, like, pretty much, like, any project on the planet. I mean, I can't think of anything, like, bigger than Windows, right? Right. So, I mean, pretty much anybody who's listening or any project on the planet, they're just like, well, Windows using it is obviously... We're not going to be too big for it. So, I mean, yeah. I, that's why I think that, you know, our listeners are, are so interested in it. I think it's it's just a really cool story for sure. I went to, um, I, you know, had been partnering with uh, VSTS for obviously a couple of years now. And we went to meet um, one of their enterprise customers. I won't name their name. And they, they were sitting and we were going through the story and they said, but Jill... <laughs> 
I have 3,000 people who need to work in one account. And I was like, to myself, it is not polite to laugh, Jill. Yeah, I know. I was going to say, you just laugh well, that and walk out of the room. Focus on the... I need like, to leave for a second. And you I, come back in. I was like, you, I, you know, I didn't share them, but yeah. let me share my numbers. It was like, oh, then it might work for exactly. us. It's like, exactly. Yeah. It's totally true, though. It's totally true. And to that scale point, I think one of the things Ed was alluding to is like, we have a vibrant engineer community there. They all, I mean, there's no barrier that's like, so our engineer isn't going to write poor Ed and be like, you know, I got some thoughts. Uh, and part of that is we have our own, the One ES team runs an event called the One ES Conference. And it's an internal only conference so that engineers can come together and learn the latest features, see what the other groups are doing with the technology and share ideas. And so it is meant to be kind of there's high level meetings, there's mid level meetings, and there's democratized meetings where everybody can get together and just share ideas and share source and share uh, processes because that is the cultural transformation we're trying to go on. So, uh, can you give examples of what other like Microsoft product teams have switched to VSTS outside of Windows and WDG? Yeah, that's a great question because most of them have moved in some in some fashion or another. Um, you know, it's been in the works for five years. There's been a lot of movement uh, in that direction, but it's not perfect for everybody. So, like, let me give you a, a, an example. Microsoft Teams is a really new product. Uh, they build a bunch of different technologies. You know, there's an app, there's a, an Electron app on your computer. And so they're, you know, they, they started with a Greenfield, very modern application. So they've basically adopted Visual Studio Team Services kind of wholesale, right? The, they were able to just jump in and, and use it for their, their new processes. And that's, that's cool, that's great, but that's not everybody, right? Even if you look at Visual Studio Code, which is kind of similar, right? It was a Greenfield project. Um, it's an Electron app, but the difference there is that they're open source. So they actually do all their development on GitHub, right? They, they do it out in the open. Um, but then they still use Visual Studio Code for some planning. They use visu- sorry, they use Visual Studio Team Services <laughs> for some planning um, and build. You know, VSTS is the only the only product that has both or all three Mac, Linux, and Windows build agents that are hosted in the cloud. Uh, so they're able to take advantage of that for their cross-platform builds. But then you start looking at you know, Windows or other teams, they need some customized experiences, right? Because they're uh, either they're a large team or maybe they've been doing, you know, a particular workflow the same way for a long time and they like it and it works for them. So they're building extensions on top of the STS to enable, enable that sort of thing. It's really, it's, it's incredible to watch the diversity of tools that we build in this company and the, the ways that we build them. It's, it's, it's great. Yeah, that the Linux build agent I think is pretty good, and the Mac that's, the that's Mac really is cool. What really blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Linux I can spin up yeah, in a me, VM. Yeah, Mac, drill, you you're, actually you're jail. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to build on a Mac, you've actually got to have Mac hardware. That's exactly. Yeah, it's, that's yeah, yeah. a real challenge. No, that's super cool. Um, anything else that you were kind of thinking of while we, you know, that we didn't ask about that you were thinking of while we were talking? I know one of the most common questions I usually get when folks are. Um, concerned about scale or concerned about moving is how we we've been on a journey to take windows from a pure waterfall three-year planning cycle and how do we adjust to an agile tool like you know got to meet with donovan and it was kind of the number one question is like how do you take an org from 
a particular way of working to a new way of working. And so one of the things that's been really foundational in the journey is starting the move towards agile development development practices and planning practices for the org at the scale of Windows and Devices Group. And so we have been really inspired by, um, you know, I, I would say that my peer over in VSTS, Aaron Bjork, has this great way he talks about how a taxonomy, which is, you know, the way you cascade your work items, is meant to allow alignment and autonomy. And so that was really critical for our transformation, is having tools that help you see alignment and tools that help you gain autonomy. Because then that got us to this nice place where now we can ship I mentioned this on every frequency possible, and we can ship services, apps, drivers, one core, like all these different layers of the stack. Um, And so kind of foundational for us was first figuring out the how we work part of the Mm -hmm. equation and, and, and still living in this actually kind of hybrid place where we do have teams that need to plan two years in advance. We just do. Mm -hmm. And so how do you have an aligned, autonic and you know, bad word waterfall system that coexists. And so it's been great to see how Visual Studio Team Services would help scale to that class of problem as well. And and VSTS, I mean, they're like, super advanced in, in how the team is running. You know, yeah. like we've well, had, uh, so. yeah, we've had, well, we've had Justin Marks on the podcast before. And actually I've had Justin talk to a lot of partners about the transformation that VSDS went through. Yeah. And like, they, they are like all in, you know, yeah. it's just like, you know, Hey, what are you guys working on three months? We don't know. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's like, wow, you really are agile. You know, yeah. like they, they've like, you know, sort of taken that on wholeheartedly. And uh, so it's kind of cool, like this clashing of worlds where yeah. Windows, where it used to be this this thing that like, you know, it, it took years for, for it to, you know, the, the, the latest version. I just loved that, that to hear that those two groups are coming together. Yeah. And, and working towards... Cross-pollinating. Yeah. And working towards like, we'll never be across the board pure Agile. We just won't. Yeah, yeah. But, but there are so many aspects of the Agile practices that work in in our world in combination with also having thoughtful alignment. And so a lot of what we get excited about is like, wow, like if we're going to have your developers all work together in one massive set of repos and in one massive set of source, and they're all going to be putting their work items together, we can do some really interesting analytics and observations on top of that data. And a lot of our work has been around building visibility into that sea of data that's available and helping the teams traverse it better and helping us find issues faster and helping us spot areas of risk faster. So I I know that's been um, comforting when I talk to partners sometimes. We're like, well, but we're not that type of company. We're not the type of company that's, you know, doing a small project in a certain scoped way. And it's like, well, you don't have to be. Like, there's a lot of those you can adopt that will help you no matter what kind of project you are. We really found that to be true. Yeah. And I think that's very comforting because a lot of places are using many hybrid, you know, both coming from the waterfall yeah. and becoming more agile or some that went too agile and need to kind of like revert back a yeah. little bit too. So it's it's nice to hear that this this kind of tooling can really encompass all of those different hybrid scenarios. Yeah. It breaks my heart every time I find out from some inside of some person who's on the inside of the agile world that agile falls like a dirty word. I'm like, oh, that's what we, oh, I shouldn't say that. Okay, good to know. Well, you don't really have much choice. I mean, you, yeah. as, as you pointed out, 
the hardware vendors aren't yeah. agile. Yeah, and they don't want you to. They don't want you to be right. <laughs> like, yeah, are you, you going to ma- chip this? Can you chip imagine or if, not? like, at Bill, like, part of the, you know, Sacha comes out on stage and he's like, "We're not really thinking more than a week in advance on <laughs> <laughs> that whole Windows thing." <laughs> now that would make some headlines for sure. <laughs> so, okay, perfect. Any final comments? No. Okay. Otherwise, uh, Jill, where can people find you? I find me on LinkedIn. And find me killed. Perfect. And Ed, where can people find you? Uh, yeah, I mean, the best way to get a hold of me is on Twitter. I'm E Thompson okay. with no P, E T H O M S O N. Okay, perfect. And Carl, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Carl Schweitzer. Awesome. You can find me on uh, Twitter at twitter.com slash ytechie. So, Jill and I, thank you so much for coming on here and talking about this. This is such a fascinating topic that a lot of people I know have just really been hungry for hearing some of the internal details so thank you so much thanks for having us what a blast thank you 